So, I'll be honest, I've been praying this week, and really this morning I began praying uh, <clears throat> before the sun came up, because that's just, I'm up on Sunday mornings that early. But, um, so I prayed specifically, and kept being prompted to pray specifically, that the right people would be here today. Now that sounds kind of weird, maybe, but <clears throat> let me explain myself. I knew that we were going to have some families that aren't here. I knew uh, some people last minute texted me and said, hey, we're, we, we, we're going to be at another church this morning, uh, whatever. But I feel like the sermon that I'm going to preach has something for somebody. And so I prayed, hey, God, make sure that somebody is here. Maybe it's somebody's is here, Right. Um, because as we look at some of these things that I want to look at this morning, these are things that you have heard me preach on before. Uh, maybe not all in the same sermon, but pieces from different topics, because this is kind of uh, what I'm preaching on this morning really is my heart. And so if you've been around me long enough, you get to hear my heart. And so that's what you're going to hear this morning. And so what I want you to do is I want you to poke your neighbor and say, pay attention, because there's probably something here for you. Okay. I heard two of you do that. Seth, stop poking. So poke your neighbor and say, don't distract me. There's something in this for me. We good? So here we go. So I've been saying the last, uh, I don't know, two months maybe, that we are headed towards a Sunday in October when we're going to have what we're calling it Spring Family Commitment Sunday. We just finished our What We Believe series, and uh, so I thought it might be smart for us to look at the topic, what are we committing to? <laughs> what exactly are you asking us to commit to when we have Commitment Sunday? And so I'm going to take a couple weeks and, and walk through this, and uh, I really don't know how long it's going to take me, but um, we'll just see how long it takes. I need to be done by the end of October because that's when we're having Commitment Sunday. So anyways, so let me start with this question. Why do membership? Why do Commitment Sunday? Why in the world will we do that? Uh, why would uh, uh, us as pastors, as leaders of the church, why would we think that there's something different needed than the way we've done business for five and a half years, almost six years? Uh, what, is there something deeper? Is there a stronger commitment than what already exists? So let me tell you a little bit of why. Number one, um, our, our denomination, we're part of the Brethren in Christ denomination, they value membership. They value commitment as bodies. And so we want to honor them. For generations, our denomination has seen great value in church membership. Um, and, and the local church is, is one of the things that they believe there's great value in belonging to something, belonging to a local church. And so we want to honor our denomination. The second thing is that I believe God uh, takes commitments very seriously. We need to, we need to um, I think we need to speak our commitments. We need to live our commitments. We need to stand by our commitments. I think big commitments, we need to make them public. We need to say, this is what I'm committing to publicly. This is a public declaration. And I think that public declarations like that, public commitments that are done that way, are always stronger, healthier, and they last longer. That's just what I have experienced. 
Think about the public commitments and declarations that we do in church, for example. What did you guys do in May? Got married. You didn't hide away and do it in some secret place, right? No, you, got, you did it out in front of God and everybody, right? So that kind of public commitment, that kind of uh, declaration, I am promising myself to you for life, is a big thing. Got a whole bunch of witnesses. It's a public commitment. All right? Baptism. Right? What do we say? We say, I am declaring that I have placed my faith in Jesus Christ and I'm going through with baptism to show, to, to be a public declaration of my faith. So we do things publicly. We commit deeper. And so the Spring Family commitment is about our body coming together and we are publicly declaring to one another that I'm committing to you. You are my brother. You are my sister. I commit to you as part of this family. And so that I believe that that takes our commitment to one another to a different level. So a little history. The spring leadership came together more than a year ago. <laughs> you guys got to know, this has been a long process. Why? Because we weren't entirely comfortable with the way church membership has been used for generations in, generations in past years. I think probably every one of us who have been in the church for a while or grown up in the church have seen church membership used incorrectly for disciplinary reasons, for, to make people feel guilty about stuff, whatever. We wanted to try to craft something a little bit different while still honoring what our denomination wants from us. Let's face it, the spring's a little different, right? We're a little unique, right? At least your pastor is. Um, so we needed something that fit us, all right? Something that we believed honored our denomination, something that we believed honored uh, what God has specifically called us to. And so we prayed. A lot. Our leadership team prayed a lot. We, we wrestled. We wrote and rewrote. And you know what? This might shock some of you, but we argued a lot. I mean, we, we sat around the table and had arguments about this element and that element. But you know what? It was healthy. It was healthy to disagree. And I think it really helped us craft something that looks a lot different than what we would have had if we wouldn't have really hurt each other's hearts. And believe it or not, we had three other pastors other than me come in and sit around the table with us. And, you know, I, I'm like, you know what? I might be a pastor, but I don't know everything. Let's get these other pastors in. Let's talk to them. Let's see what worked in their churches. And so we went through that process as well. So just so you know, this isn't a quick, we just thought this up and wrote it on the back of an envelope and here we go. This is more than a year of us praying and working on this. And so we're going to take a couple of weeks and we're going to walk through the main points of what we think is important for us to commit to as a family. All right? So now every week I'm not going to go through that whole history there. That's just you guys. So you have to fill everybody else in if they're not here. So here we go. The number one thing in our family commitment is this. We commit to being a committed disciple of Jesus... And we testify to a personal relationship with him. In my opinion, this has to be our starting point. Last week you heard me. I talked pretty strongly about our commitment to Jesus. We embrace Jesus and Jesus alone as the way to the Father. Period. Okay? And we also believe that a personal relationship with Jesus is critical for spring family members. Here comes some of what I have preached on before. 
Because I think it's important for us to say, okay, well, how does one start a relationship with Jesus? How does one start, uh, how does one come into a relationship with God if I've never been there before? And so in your notes, you'll see the Romans road. Let me real quick, we'll go right through the Romans road. Romans 3.23 says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You guys get tired of this joke, but I'm going to say it every time. What does all mean? All, even in the original Greek, all means all. That means I've sinned. That means your Aunt Martha sinned. That means the Pope sinned. That means Susan sinned. Sorry. Right? We've all sinned. Right? I didn't mean to single you out, but I, I was looking at you. That's right. We've all sinned, right? How many of us in this room have sinned? All. All of us have sinned. Not one of us is able to attain the glory of God. Because in God's presence, there can be no sin. Got it? Romans 6.23a says this. For the wages of sin is death. Ouch. What's the payment for sin? Even one sin? Even like one little white lie? The yes has got less. That would be yes. This is yes. Right? What stinks about sin is the payment for it is death. So we, as sinners, all have sinned, right? Deserve death. Right? Each and every one of us. Now, can you tell me, class, what is your pastor's favorite word in Scripture? But, right here it is. A three-letter word. B-U-T. Because every time we see the word but in Scripture, in this kind of context, it means I was headed for this, but there's something else. Right? We're all sinners. We all deserve death. But there's something else. There's something else. Romans 5.8 says... But God, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we are still sinners. Christ died for us. How glorious is the word but in this verse, right? We're deserving of death, but God loved us so much. And I love this verse too. While we were still sinners. I love that idea. I didn't have to clean up my act. I didn't have to have it all together. I didn't have to put enough money in the offering plate or be a member of the right church. While I was a sinner, God loved me enough that He would send His Son Jesus to die for me. He chose to take my place. He chose to pay my price. Therefore, Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Declare Jesus is Lord of my life. Believe that Jesus is who he says he is. He did what he said he did. He is God's perfect son. He did in fact die on a cross. He did walk out of an empty tomb three days later conquering sin and death forever. Jesus is now back in heaven at the right hand of the Father. We believe that, we declare that, and we're saved. Members of God's family. So that, in a nutshell, is how we start a relationship with God. That is how we start a relationship with Jesus. But it doesn't just stop there. 
our spring family commitment says that we need to be a committed disciple. Now, there's a difference between just being saved, okay? So let me ask you this. If you were drowning in a pool and a lifeguard came and saved you, would you become his disciple? No. (laughs) He'd be your savior, right? He would have saved your life. But you're not going to go start following him around and doing everything he does and letting him teach you the ways of the world, and right? So there's a difference between Savior and becoming a disciple, all right? So we think that it, it has to be one of the lines in our spring family commitment is that we are committed to a strengthening relationship with Jesus. We are his disciple. That's what being a disciple is. I think a lot of times in today's world, we don't grasp what being a disciple looks like. We don't get what that means, We get accepting Jesus. We think that that's it. We think that coming to church on Sunday is is what it means. We think that if we uh, post cute religious things on Facebook, that's what it means. But that's not the real meaning of discipleship. Matthew 4, 18 to 22. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus came to these disciples. Now look. Here's another thing I love about disciples. These guys weren't rich and famous. They weren't the cream of the crop, right? The religious leaders. They were just regular guys. But they had everything they needed. They had a business. They had boats and nets and equipment to make a livelihood. They had family. It says they left their father, and so they they were close with their family. They had a comfortable life. They had a house with a white picket fence and a family dog and... And uh, enough money to buy the kids braces, right? So they had a life that seemed to be in order. And these guys were nothing but a bunch of middle-class guys. Nothing special about them. And on this day, they were doing what they did. They were hanging out. They They were fishing. They were doing their everyday life. Going about their business. Until their day was thrown into chaos. Because Jesus said, come Follow me. Now, you know what? Sometimes we gloss right over this, but they had a choice that day. Sometimes we look at this and we say, Jesus walked up and said, follow me. And they were like, oh, that's the Messiah. I'm going to follow him. Right? They didn't, they didn't know that. They didn't know Jesus at all, probably. I mean, they might have seen him around. They, they probably knew who he was. But Jesus hadn't done a whole bunch of miracles. He wasn't out there healing people and raising people from the dead. But they had a choice that day. Follow Jesus or don't follow Jesus. And yet they did. Another thing we need to think about. We have to understand what these disciples left behind. Again, sometimes I think we miss this. We think they just followed Jesus around and life was normal. And, and uh, you know, they, they were... They were just like normal people, just like you and me, and didn't really sacrifice very much. But you know what? There's a couple places in in the gospel where Jesus talks about the cost of being a disciple. 
And this, I think, is where it really hits home to us that discipleship is different than just Jesus is my Savior. All right? Listen to this. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells a rich man, sell everything. So all that you have, and then come follow me. It gets better. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus told a man who, whose father had just passed away, don't go bury your father, let someone else do that. Come follow me. In John chapter 6, Jesus told his followers that they needed to eat his flesh and drink his blood. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus said, if you don't hate your family, including yourself, you can't be my disciple. What? That's kind of steep, isn't it? So let's keep track here. Jesus said, um, the list is sell everything and live poor, hate your family, don't go to funerals and become a cannibal. Anybody signing up? Why would Jesus say all those things? You guys have heard me talk about this before. Jesus wasn't saying this is what you need to do. This isn't your list. And if you can check it off, you can be my disciple. Jesus was saying, is there anything in your life more important than me? If I asked you to do something, would you do it? Now, there's people in this room, I know for a fact, have been asked really difficult things by Jesus. And they've done it. And I would guess there's been peop- there are people in this room who've been asked by God to do something really difficult and they've not done it. Am I right? Jesus says, where do I rank? Where do I rank in level of importance in your life? You see, di- disciples, they're rabbis, number one. They're it. They do everything that the rabbi tells them to do. They do everything the rabbi does. They go every place he goes. They talk like him. They act like him. They teach like him. That's what's being asked. Am I number one? Now, listen to me. Being a disciple of Jesus is not merely accepting Jesus as my Savior. It's not merely going to church on Sunday morning. It's not having a fish bumper sticker on your car. That's not being a disciple of Jesus. I'm going to be really strong right now, okay? So wake up your neighbor. Tell them to put their seatbelts on. Listen to me. Is our faith something we just do on Sundays? Is our faith something we do just in church or events in the community? Is our faith in Jesus Christ something that we can flip on and off with a switch? I had someone say to me one time, well, of course, uh, of course, the church and telling people about Jesus is on your mind. You're a pastor. I had some choice words for that person. Do you think Jesus, when he was talking to those original disciples, said, come, follow me and I'll make you pastors. Come, follow me and I'll, I'll make you Sunday school teachers. Come, follow me, and you can work the coffee center at your church. No. The call of the disciples was follow me. Sold out followers of Jesus. That's what a disciple looks like. Before anything else in my life comes my relationship with Jesus. Nothing comes before 
Nothing holds higher priority. Nothing is more important. That's what being a disciple of Jesus looks like. Now listen, that isn't always easy. Don't hear me say, that's, that's easy. Okay? Because life can come at you full bore sometimes. We can have priorities in our life that we think are really, really important. But I can promise you this. If we get this right, if we get our relationship with God right, if I'm in harmony with His will, if I'm following where He's leading, and it grows and it strengthens, I promise you, the other areas of life, the ones that you struggle with, the ones that you thought were incredibly important, the ones that are draining to you, all of those areas of life will be affected positively. You'll see growth. You'll see peace. You'll see stability. Every area of your life begins with Jesus. I've had people come into my office. And so I'm a pretty simple guy. I don't get, like Sandy and I did some, some marriage counseling this past week. And the first thing I said to him was, you know what? We're, we're pretty simple people. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're not professional counselors. Uh, we don't have degrees in, in marriage counseling and that sort of thing. But you know what? We're just going to give you our hearts. We're just going to tell you who we are, right? And we're going to tell you some things that we've learned over the years of going, going around the, the sun about 30 times together. Here's the deal. People come to me with problems. People come to me with questions. People come to me with troubles in their life. And I don't care what the problem, what the trouble, what's going on in their life. I have a really simple answer. The answer to your problems is this, okay? So how many of you have trouble in your lives? Okay? Here's the trick. I'm going to tell you the secret ingredient right now. Ready? Fall in love with Jesus. That might sound really simplistic. But when I am sold out to Jesus, when I have this right, (laughs) when I... When my relationship with God is right, when I, when I am basking in the glow of Jesus' love, when I am understanding my sonship with him and who I really am, it takes care of a whole lot of this. A whole lot of troubles in the world. Again, that sounds really simplistic. But when my heart is turned towards Jesus, his heart's always turned towards mine. And it takes care of a lot of stuff in my life. The stronger my personal relationship is with him, the more he changes everything in my life. So, the first thing spring family members are committed to is Jesus. Being his disciple. Growing, strengthening relationship with him. Why is that so important to me? Here's why. I believe that if this family is to be a well-functioning family headed in the same direction. We need to have our feet anchored on the same foundation. We have to have a common starting point, a first point of connection, and that is Jesus. You know, how many of you have ever been in the military? Just one? So here's the deal. When you, when you go through basic training, you know why they make basic training so hard? Anybody know? What's that? So they weed them out. Why? So that when I'm in the foxhole, I'm not worried about the guy next to me. You get what I'm saying? 
whether we like it or not, or whether we even understand it or not, as Christians, there's a battle going on. Right? There is an enemy that hates our guts. There is an enemy that wants nothing more than the spring to go away. And so when our foundation is the same, when my feet are anchored in Jesus, and I know the person next to me, their feet is anchored in Jesus, and their foundation is the same as my foundation, then there's something strengthening about that as we go forward. There's something about that that is assuring, that gives me peace, knowing that that the person next to me has the same foundation as me. I can look across at my brother and sister and know without a doubt that they serve the same Lord as I do. So, got some questions for you. What's your relationship with Jesus look like this morning? What's it look like? I guess the first question is, have you ever made the decision to become a follower of Jesus? You know, I look around this room and I see lots of us who have gone to church for a long time. But you know what? I believe there's lots of people sitting in church who have never really made that decision. My second question would be this. Have you at some point asked Jesus or accepted his gift as, a, as your savior, but you've walked away from him? And my third question would be this. Maybe you've not really walked away, but you've become a... Uh, card-carrying member in the Christian club. And it's not really uh, a real live and vibrant relationship. My last question is this. Who's interested in changing your status today? Never made a decision and want to. Made a decision and walked away. Made a decision and you're just kind of going with the flow. I would invite you today, don't walk out that door if you need a status change in your life, a status change in your relationship with Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for thinking of me when I was a sinner and sending your son. Thank you that we can enter into a relationship with you and with Jesus Thank you, Lord, that that relationship becomes more than just saving my life. That it can grow and it becomes stronger and that it can affect all areas of my life, especially the areas that need affected and need work. Lord, I just pray that we as a Spring family would be completely committed to growing our relationship with you that we wouldn't be satisfied with lukewarm, that we wouldn't be satisfied with uh, every day same as normal. Lord, I pray that we would never get into a rut as a church, but that we would be committed to growing and strengthening our relationship with you as a foundation for our church. Jesus, you are the foundation of my life and of the spring, and we commit to that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great Sunday.